MSW Media. Thanks to Dipsy for supporting the Daily Beans. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to light a spark or heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Today, the Department of Justice sent out 40 subpoenas last week and seized the phones of Boris Epstein and Mike Roman in another massive expansion of the January 6th criminal investigation. Trump files opposition to the Department of Justice's motion to stay Judge Cannon's order with regard to the 100 classified documents and objects to the government's recommendations for special master. The head of the Senate Intel Committee says the Gang of Eight briefing on the classified documents is on hold, and Judge Mehta denies Pete Navarro's motion to compel discovery. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Welcome back, Dana. Oh, thank you, A.G., and thank you for covering yesterday. Sometimes there's flight problems, and <laughs> A.G.'s there to take care of everything when she needs to be. I have a, I have a good partner. Thank you. And last night, I had some flight problems in that there was no internet from flying from the left coast to the oh to the Jesus zero. So for five hours, like before we take off, there's, you know, this whole thing about Donald's going to D.C. What's he doing in D.C.? It's a fucking mystery. And nobody knows. And I'm like, what is it? And I put out this tweet like, whatever it is, it's weird because nobody knows. And right. that's, that's all we know is that nobody And then you knows. lost Wi-Fi. <laughs> And then I lost Wi-Fi and then I land. And and so today we start seeing he's at the golf course. He's at Sterling and he's there with like their people are taking photos with, uh, you know, the the big, you know, the super zoom lenses, the telephoto lenses. And uh, it's like a group. It's like a gaggle of chads on the golf course. None of them are golfing. <laughs> no, it's just a bunch of guys that I would cover my drink around. Yes. Same. Very, very much the same. And, you know, I, I put out a tweet like, does anybody recognize these chads? I think that's uh, Gummo Eric Trump on the right in the photo that's been circulating. Yeah. But there is an interesting thing that the, the guy on the left with the silver hair looks like Greg Phillips. And what's interesting about him is he put out yesterday on Truth Social a message that says, hi, everyone. Sorry, I've been radio silent. Many moving parts, most too sensitive to share right now. I know one wants to hear that. I wouldn't, but a lot is happening. I'm writing to ask all prayerful patriots reading this to please pray for a meeting that's happening tomorrow, early afternoon. Please pray for the courage to act on the truth that we will present. It's on my heart to ask this, whatever. I know you'll know what to do. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. So, Apparently, I, you know, everybody was kind of thinking, Dana, that it was like maybe about that golf tournament, the Saudi golf tournament, and that maybe they were like trying to get it to come to Sterling. But it seems like it's about something else, some sort of truth that, that patriots need to pray for that they're going to be presenting in a meeting to Donald. But I really have no idea what. It's all speculation at this point. But I was right. He wasn't going to Walter Reed. It's just weird. 
It doesn't seem to be DOJ related, though. So we'll see. It also looks like it's Hannity and Gingrich. Like there's a bunch of guys there that look familiar. Nunes, it's hard to tell from the shot, but it's clear that Dopey Eric, I don't know, maybe he had to have someone there that is a little less smart than he is. And he's like, who do we get? Eric, come golfing. (laughs) Yeah, that's his his role every time. Like, (laughs) who makes everyone feel smart and handsome? Yep. (laughs) Bring Eric Trump. Jesus. Uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll find out sooner or later what's going on, but they're very secretive about it, so it's weird. Aside from that, we do have a lot of uh, news to get to, uh, especially some late-breaking news and some huge news out of the Justice Department. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up, Justice Department issued about 40 subpoenas over the past week. That's massive. And I think it was because maybe right up to that 60-day block before the election where they where they go dark for a while. 40 subpoenas over the past week seeking information about the actions of the former guy and his associates related to the 2020 election and the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And that's according to people familiar with the situations. So this is information about Donald. That means if you were wondering and still people are like, do they have a file open on Donald Trump? They're investigating Donald Trump. Two top Trump advisors, Boris Epstein and Mike Roman, had their phones seized as evidence. A quick refresher. Epstein is the guy that was helping Trump get Trump Tower Moscow built, the second one, and admitted to participating in the fraudulent electric scheme on Ari Melber, just like Navarro did. And Mike Roman? Well, on July 12th, I tweeted, I told y'all to learn his name because he was going to be important soon. He was the guy that delivered the Michigan and Wisconsin fraudulent electric certificates to Mike Kelly's office. Those are the ones that Ron Johnson staffer tried to get hand-delivered to Mike Pence. Remember that with the with the text? Sure do. Don't give him that. (laughs) We need to give him this. Don't give him that. So those receiving the subpoenas include Scavino, Mr. Trump's former social media director who rose from working at a Trump-owned golf course to one of his most loyal aides and has remained an advisor since Trump left office. Stanley Woodward, one of Scavino's lawyers, declined to comment. Now put a pin in Dan Scavino because we're going to talk about him later in the show. Bernard Carrick, a former New York City police commissioner who promoted baseless claims of voter fraud alongside his friend Rudy Giuliani, was issued a subpoena by prosecutors with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington. His lawyer, Timothy Parlator, said on Monday, Mr. Parlator said his client had initially offered to grant an interview voluntarily. Mm-hmm, sure. In a new line of inquiry, some of the subpoenas also seek information into the activities of the Save America PAC, which we've been talking about for a few days, That's the main political fundraising conduit for Trump since he left office. Many 1-6 witnesses have had their lawyers paid for out of the Trump pack. At least some of the new subpoenas also requested all the records that the recipient turned over to the House committee investigating January 6th. And there's the buried lead for me. Well, maybe not the lead. 40 subpoenas is a pretty big fucking deal. But a little bit of a buried nugget. It tells me that the Department of Justice has received at least some of those transcripts they were seeking from the committee because they would not subpoena people and ask for those records if they didn't have them themselves. Make sense? Makes sense to me. All right. And speaking of the former guy, his lawyers submitted a ridiculous filing objecting to the Department of Justice's motion to stay the one part of Judge Cannon's order that is a slam dunk, and that is to let them continue to use the 100 classified documents in their ongoing criminal investigation and the National Security Risk Assessment. As we reported Friday, the DOG said there's simply no universe in which the classified documents could belong to Donald. There's just not. 
They belong to the government. And the Department of Justice basically dared Donald to claim that he had declassified them. Because if he lies to the court, he could be charged with the 1001 crime. So like perjury, that's what would happen. Now, noticeably missing from the Trump objection is any mention of executive privilege, which makes sense because then they would have to lie to the court. (laughs) Now, there's no executive privilege claim over classified documents, whether you think they belong with the National Archives or the Department of Justice. They most definitely don't belong to Donald. So that's what we're sure about here. And Trump's lawyer He walked right up to the edge claiming he declassified the documents by arguing that nobody knows if these documents are really classified. See, they do. There's a big, giant, fucking red writing that says classified. Just because because there's big markings on it doesn't mean he didn't declassify them, Dana. That's what their argument was. So he, he, he didn't actually say he declassified these. He said he has the power to declassify stuff. And every time they mentioned the classified documents, they put it in quotes, classified, and they called them records, classified records, of because course. they're trying to get everything under the Presidential Records Act, which doesn't belong in this fucking court anyway. They're a mess. Well, it's better because then the lawyers tell the court that the Department of Justice can't win a stay on the merits because they failed to prove irreparable harm, claiming, quote, why did it take so long to get all the stuff if it was so urgent? And besides, they don't care about national security because they probably leaked all the stuff to the media about some of the documents being nuclear. They made that accusation with zero proof and then used the fact that the Department of Justice has been extremely patient with Donald to say they can't possibly have a sense of urgency. All that despite the assistant director of the counterintelligence of the FBI writing a declaration saying, this is urgent, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. The lawyers are a hot fucking mess. And additionally, his lawyers don't like the two special master recommendations put forward by the Department of Justice, but they wrote... They can't say why in public and would rather lodge their objection reasons in, in, into camera. They want to do this or in private with the judge. But we don't like them, but we're not telling you why. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More Latin, more Latin terms. Yeah. And this just in, by the way, a little update to your story here, Dana. The Department of Justice has said we're cool with one of Donald's special master candidates, and that is Judge Deary. We thought that they would be. Uh, Everybody seems to think he'd be okay for the job. But they respectfully objected to the Huck guy, right? The guy who's married to the 11th Circuit court judge that Trump appointed. fishy as fuck. Yep. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Guy at the Jones Day guy. So anyway, I do have a feeling this judge will say Donald proved DOJ wouldn't win on the merits because they might have leaked the nuclear document story, even though they didn't. And I think she'll deny the motion for a stay the government's motion. And mainly because most judges don't want to do that. And the main reason they don't want to do that is because they don't want to have their decisions overturned because that makes you look bad as a judge. Right. I don't think this judge gives a shit about looking bad or having her ruling overturned by the circuit court. I think she only cares about delaying for Donald. So those are my beans. I think we're going to see on Thursday, they're going to appeal to the 11th circuit. And I actually, despite there being, it's a very conservative court and six Trump appointees. I don't think it's going to, I think that the the 11th Circuit will rule in favor of the Department of Justice here, especially on the 100 docs, but they could make a broader appeal. Uh, Next up, another judge, cool judge, Judge Mehta, explained to Pete Navarro why he's not like Meadows or Scavino when it comes to his contempt case. And just as I predicted, the judge said Meadows and Scavino had negotiations with the January 6th committee, and they had actual letters from Trump asserting privilege. Navarro had none of that shit. So uh, Navarro filed a motion for discovery. 
to help prove his claim that he is the victim of persecution because the DOJ is singling him out when he's just like Meadows and Scavino. That's called similarly situated. If you can prove in a court that you're similarly situated as other defendants and you were treated differently, you can, you know, ask for discovery and and file a little bit of a claim there. Here's from the decision from Meta, quote, he demands three categories of records. Each would allow him to ascertain whether one selective or disparate treatment of his case from other similarly situated high ranking White House officials had occurred. Two, the grand jury process was abused through undue political interference from the current White House in contravention of the defendant's right to the appearance of impartiality in the prosecution of his case. So he's saying Joe Biden interfered in my case personally. And three, the procedures employed to obtain the indictment contravened his right to due process. For the reasons that follow, the court holds the defendant has failed to meet his heavy burden as to any of these three categories of records he seeks, and his motion is denied. So to obtain discovery, the defendant must make at least a colorable claim of selective prosecution, which requires a defendant to come forward with some evidence tending to show the existence of the essential elements of defense. The court says Navarro failed miserably at convincing the court he was similarly situated to Scavino and Meadows. Defendant, quote, has failed to establish he is similarly situated to Meadows and Scavino for two reasons. First, both Meadows and Scavino received correspondence from President Trump directing them not to respond to the select committee subpoena. Defendant, on the other hand, received no written or oral direction from the former president to invoke any privileges or immunities. And second, both Meadows and Scavino, through their counsel, had extensive communications with the select committee about subpoena compliance, and Meadows even turned over a bunch of stuff. Navarro made no apparent effort to accommodate the select committee, let alone produce records like Meadows did. Navarro also fails to make a colorable case of undue political interference. If the defendant believes there's specific records that the government has not yet disclosed, he can come back and talk to me. On the present record, however, there is nothing to compel relating to the committee's composition and the exercise of its subpoena power. So just threw him right out of court. It was pretty funny. (laughs) There's a lot of the judges doing the right thing these days and then those fuckers doing the wrong. And AG, yesterday you had talked about the possibility of the intelligence community briefing the Gang of Eight on the stolen classified documents as part of the National Security Risk Assessment. But Senator Warner says that's on hold, too. And this is a quote. My understanding is there is some question because of the special master appointment by the judge in Florida whether they can brief at this point. That's from Warner. That's what he told CBS Face the Nation, uh, the moderator. That's what he told Margaret Brennan. And he went on to say, quote, we need clarification on that from that judge as quickly as possible because it is essential that the Intelligence Committee leadership at least get a briefing of the damage assessment. Warner said the congressional request in no way sought to hinder the Department of Justice's ongoing investigation and sidestepped questions by Brennan about information shared with Congress being more likely to leak to the public. Warner said the Senate Intelligence Committee, which he called the last functioning bipartisan committee, I believe, in the whole Congress, had an obligation to review any potential security dangers to the country and its intelligence gathering capabilities. And went on to say, I do want the damage assessment of what would happen to our ability to protect the nation. This is again Warner, adding that the request by the intelligence leader sought to, quote, assess whether there's been damage done to our intelligence collection and maintenance of secrets capacity. Yeah, so apparently the ODNI and everybody even put the risk assessment on hold pending this judge's decision. So we'll see what happens. some fuckery. 
Yeah, Fuckery, because, I call you know, they, they said, look, we can't, these are inextricably linked. We can't separate the risk assessment from the criminal ongoing criminal investigation. So it, it, it wouldn't make sense if they could continue risk assessment stuff and not criminal investigation stuff. One stops the other, so they have to wait. And that's putting everybody at risk. And that's what Kohler, the assistant director for counterintelligence, the FBI, put in his declaration. Another option is they could supplement that, amend that declaration to include something saying these are all classified documents. We declare them all classified. There's no question about that. And again, forcing that would force Trump to have to say he declassified them or which documents like they like normally it's like these six documents he declassified these five he didn't you know they they give evidence but they're just being very um ambiguous because otherwise they'll lie to the court and get in trouble all right that is the news today we'll be right back with the good news everybody stick around after these messages we'll be right back Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I used to have sleep problems until I ordered a custom mattress from Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has an online sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. You can take it at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, and they match your body type and sleeping preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your sleep preferences. Right now, the Helix lineup has 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. I took the Helix quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because, as you know, I'm a side sleeper. Everyone in the world knows now that I'm a side sleeper and I like a medium firm bed, but it has changed my life. It's the best night's sleep I've ever had. They have a 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. You get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk free. If you don't love it, they'll come and pick it up and give you a full refund, but you'll love it. It's such a great deal. So go to helixsleep.com slash daily beans, take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and it'll come right to your door. Ship for free. As you know, Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. They've been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine for uh, improving your sleep. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And do you have a summer fantasy? My summer fantasy is for it to be autumn because summer is too hot for me. But perhaps a whirlwind romance in Italy, uh, maybe Australia where it's cooler, dancing with a tall stranger in a warm rainstorm, maybe an unexpected summer fling with your hot neighbor. Well, no matter how you want to get steamy this season, Dipsy has a sexy story for you to indulge all your fantasies. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women, which is the best. They bring exciting scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters. No matter what you're into, uh, you'll find stories about an intriguing coworker with a British accent, perhaps, hooking up with you or a hot yoga instructor, you know, whatever you're looking for. And they release new content every week, meaning Dipsy gives you the opportunity to find your favorite fantasies in the same place you look for new ones. Dipsy also has sleep stories, which I also love, wellness sessions, and other written stories. I highly recommend you check it out today. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial just by going to dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. That's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash dailybeans. That's dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, I'm Ben Micellis. I'm Brett Micellis. And I'm Jordy. And we are the hosts of the Midas Touch podcast, the top-rated, top-watched political podcast for pro-democracy content. 
Each week we do multiple episodes where we break down the political issues of the day here in the United States and abroad as we fight for democracy. Isn't that right, Brett? That's right, Ben. We've had conversations with some incredible guests like White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, Beto O'Rourke, DNC Chair Jamie Harrison, Glenn Kirshner, Mary Trump, celebrities like Deborah Messing, Alyssa Milano, Michael Rappaport, and more. So subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's the Midas Touch, M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H podcast. Jordy, anything to add? Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, weird idioms that you've mixed up, brand new swears you want to tell me about, shit kids say, shit adults say, shit your parents say, shit you say, anything, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We love photos too. Send them to us. If you're a patron, you can see them. You can see the photos. I think they allow you to upload like three pictures. So awesome. And, uh, you know, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. I absolutely love your good news. Keep them coming in. I'm going to kick us off, Dana. Oh my God, the photo already. From Kimberly, no pronouns given. Hi, AG and DG. Some good news from Australia. We have a little independent news outlet called Crikey taking on the Murdochs. Lachlan to be exact. Lachlan caught feelings when Crikey called Fox News unindicted co-conspirators to the insurrection. (laughs) If you could share some love for an, an international news outlet, Crikey, Crikey could use a shout out for its good work. Pet tax. Here's my baby Bob Dylan getting to know his four-legged guardian, Ellie. Baby boy Dylan. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) Baby Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who knows if Bob Dylan looked like that? It could be a baby Bob Dylan. I'm leaving that. (laughs) I love my dog. Mm. I love my dog. Oh my god. Okay, my baby boy Dylan. <laughs> baby Bob Dylan. Here's my baby Bob Dylan. <laughs> Dylan is adorable, by the way. Getting to know his four-legged guardian, Ellie. What the mutt answer? Oh, well, you put it right in here. It's Rhodesian Ridgeback. Normally our producers separate this out. <clears throat> producers. Rhodesian Ridgeback and English Staffy. Sending love and solidarity to all American workers. Keep fighting and unionizing. Thank you, Kimberly. Look at the baby. Look at the baby Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. The baby Bob Dylan is adorable. <laughs> love my dog. Need him see my dog. Pet him <laughs> quite a day. Mm. <laughs> all right. This next one's from Joanna. Pronounce she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. I always love the good news segment and listen to AGDG and occasionally Amy gush over the pod pets. It's so wholesome and uplifting. Today, we share some somber news. My Facebook friend Trish has, for years now, shared pics of her fur baby Peepers. On September 9th, little Peepers crossed the Rainbow Bridge after 12 wonderful years of love and joy. I got Trish's permission to share Peepers' pics. Peepers' pics. And passing. That was tough. Okay, showing him the full bloom of his fluffiness and health and his big, beautiful eyes, whose eyeliner was always makeup goals. Thank you for your, I mean, seriously, nice, nice, I can see, nice smoky eye. Thank you for your time, Leguminati. And behold, the attached pics of the the most beautimous boy in the world. 
Look at Hi, that peepers. smoky eye. I mean, that is a very regal cat. Hi, peepers. He looks so sleepy and gentle. Oh, yeah. Look at that eyeliner. Oh, yeah. Photo. That is some Adam Lambert eyeliner going on right there. That is some good stuff. Hey, peepers. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing. And thanks for Trisha's permission to share as well. Next up, we have Allison, CW, pronouns she and her. This is a submission to say representation matters. Over the weekend, Disney released the first teaser trailer for the live action Little Mermaid. And upon seeing Halle, Halle, is it Halle Bailey? Not to be confused with Halle Berry, I burst into tears. Being an 88 baby, born in 1988, Ariel was my Disney princess. Being biracial and growing up mainly with a side of my family that did not look like me, I really identified with the feeling of wanting to be part of a world that didn't quite look like me. So now at 34, getting to see myself as my favorite character means so much to me and so many little girls who get to grow up with this movie. Attached are photos of me showcasing my undying aerial love, the first being my fourth birthday with a homemade Little Mermaid cake, my grandma on the left and my aunt to my right, who was big pregnant with my younger cousin, who I terrorized all through childhood. The other two are me and my absolute favorite bathing suit that I'm pretty sure was worn until it fell apart. Thank you all for all you do and helping make it all easier to get through the chaos that is the news. Allie, I have been watching, I don't know about you, Dana, but I've been watching reaction videos. Yep, it's been beautiful. It's so, so, so amazing. And I'm so glad Haley, Haley... Halle Bailey, I it's because I'm so used to Halle Berry. Um, yeah, but it's just absolutely beautiful, and you're so right. Representation is so fucking important, um, and I'm I I can't even imagine like how awesome you're feeling right now, Allie. Allie's been a longtime listener. I've met her a few times. She's absolutely wonderful. Look at this. Look at that bathing suit. Oh my god, that's so adorable. good, so adorable. Representation matters. It does. All right. This is from anonymous pronoun she and her. My high school freshman was appointed to our state school safety advisor committee to the governor and is working as a legislative liaison. He also has his sights on being the student member of the county's board of education during his senior year. I used to feel I was, quote, too political in raising my kids, but the reality is they don't have the luxury of waiting until adulthood to start making changes. I have zero doubts my son will be a lifelong activist or public servant. My heart explodes every time I hear him advocate for his position and move the policy needle, however slightly, in the way that benefits those not in power. Here's a picture of my son's dog after being very, very naughty at the dog beach. Oh, but oh, so happy. How do you even be naughty at a dog beach? Was he not swimming enough? Oh my God, so cute. Look at that smile. I know. I would just be always happy. I would just be happy always around this little dog. Next up, from George Washington III, pronouns he and him. Hello, beans queens. I was introduced to you by my brother-in-law last year, and you've all become part of my daily listening ever since. I wanted to share with you some good news about other people fighting a good fight in our own way. I'm a voice actor. And I'm a member of Blue Wave VoiceOver, a diverse group of voice actors who only do political work for democratic, liberal, and progressive causes. Our founder, Maria Pendolino, brought us together to support the things we think are important, like sensible gun laws, reproductive rights, real health care reform, and more. We have voices that sound like America. Black, white, brown, Asian, indigenous actors who are all proud to work to make this a better place. 
This is so fucking cool. My pet poll tax is our old lady dog, Lucy, and our orange himbo cat, Milo. Both of them enjoy sitting in the booth with me from time to time when I work, but Lucy truly loves it when there's a thunderstorm. Ooh, interesting. Keep up the good work. Look at this beautiful baby. Oh, friends. Hi, friends. So, so sweet. Oh, that last picture. Look at the cat and our gentleman here. Excellent. Oh, George Washington the third. George Washington the third. That cat is so fucking happy right there. Look at that. Oh my God. I feel like I know you from somewhere, George Washington the third. Have I seen you in something? I'm gonna have to find out. I'm gonna have to IMDB you because you seem familiar to me, my friend. Thank you for these submissions. All amazing, all wonderful. And especially shout out to Allie. So, so fucking cool. The Little Mermaid. It really representation. is. I, like, seriously, I've been seeking out and watching these reaction videos from little girls. Like, Wah! it's like just filled my heart with absolute joy. So I'm so, so very happy. So do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here today, Dana? No final thoughts today. I think we got some great news stories. And I know that there's gonna be a shit ton of news breaking over and over and over. And maybe we'll find out who the chads are in the next episode of The Daily Beans. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> we now have cliffhangers. We have golf chad cliffhangers. Oh, my God. I think we found our episode title. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>